Hello everyone, this is Ray with the 80s Mom Podcast. I am the stay-at-home mom of my four-year-old daughter, and today we are going to discuss what I think is the scariest thing a parent can come across, lead poisoning. I think it's scary because, one, I've gone through it. Our daughter was diagnosed with lead poisoning, and she's now fine, but it was really scary for a while. So I want to talk about this, not be, not just because I've gone through this. I want to talk about this because we had a family member recently have their child diagnosed with lead poisoning. And they were asking me all kinds of questions. And since they didn't know the answers to these questions, I thought this was a conversation that we should have. I'm going to go ahead and start with our story of how we handled the lead poisoning. And then I'm going to go into some details about what you can expect, things you can do, and what to worry about and what not to worry about. And I think that last thing is going to be so important because everything becomes scary. Your house seems like a monster. You feel like a bad parent. You feel like you should have known and you didn't. And the feeling of helplessness, especially as a mother, is one of the worst things you can possibly go through. So let's start with Xandria. When Xandria was nine months old, we had her tested for lead. This is three months before you normally have them tested. Now, we did this early because at my husband's place of work, he is a machinist. And they have had problems with lead poisoning in the past. We have everybody tested every year here. It's just a safety precaution because if there are problems, we want to know as soon as possible. So we had her tested at nine months and we had her tested at a year. At nine months, her levels were normal. They were where they should be expected, which is about less than five. Zero is great, but in order to have zero, you more or less have to put your kids in a bubble. I'm not saying it's not possible. It is entirely possible. But as somebody who suffers anxiety, there are certain things I have decided to worry about and not worry about in my life so that I don't drive myself crazy. And after dealing with lead poisoning, I'm completely happy with a number of five. I can deal with that. So when we had her tested and her numbers were normal, I was like, cool. When we had her tested at a little over a year old and her numbers had reached somewhere between 16 and 18, this was not cool. This was not okay. So when they got, when the doctor's office got the results, immediately the health department was brought in. They had to come in. They had to check everything in our house. They checked the walls. They checked the furniture. They checked everything pretty much. They had a really neat scanner and that was amazing. I had them test some of her toys because, you know, sometimes as a parent, if You bring in cheaper toys and they're made in China, even though most of us now are trying not to bring in anything from China. If you have toys from China, sometimes the paint can be questionable. But everything was fine. I wear a necklace that has my wedding ring and my promise ring on it. And I had them check the chain and they check the rings and everything because she had been teething on the rings. And she plays with them a lot, as do I. But everything was fine. What they found was that there was lead on the outside of the front door. There was lead in the window wells. And there was lead in the bathroom paint. These are all places in older houses you would expect to find lead. 
It was mainly used outdoors and in bathrooms. It was used in areas that see high humidity. It just lasts longer. But it's something and somewhere to start. Once we found that out and they figured that out, I was able to come up with what exactly had happened. So what had happened was there had been a very nice day in February. I'd opened the front door and opened the windows because I'm really, really big on opening the windows. I like fresh air in my house, especially right after winter. I find the house gets so stuffy after an entire winter of having the heat on. So I'd opened the windows, I'd opened the door. She'd been playing in the door area. I hadn't thought anything about it, not a single thing. I had no idea that there could possibly be lead paint on the door. And this is how I found out that they don't even have to eat the paint chips. If they touch the door and put their hand in their mouth, that is enough for a lead transmission to take you from normal to above normal. And that was scary because after we found out where the lead was, our house became a prison. Now, this is not the house I'm in now. We've moved houses. We moved houses a few months after this happened. By the This had happened in the spring and by fall, we were in the house that we're in now because we had been looking for a new house. I ended up having to keep all of the doors shut, all of the windows shut. She was basically quarantined to the living room and our bedroom. Me and Zandria had separated bedrooms from my husband because since there had been problems in the machinist shop before and we didn't know originally where the lead was coming from, we ended up sleeping in separate bedrooms. And my husband had a whole routine he had to go through when he got home. He had to leave his clothes. He had to go downstairs He had to leave his clothes in the basement. His shoes had to be out of Xandria's reach. He had to shower thoroughly before he could even see us. And this was under the health department guidance. These are things that we had to do, which made life difficult. But here's the thing. Having to deal with some difficulties then, or now if you're going through this now, is well worth the lead numbers coming down. And everything's fine now. Like I said, she's back to normal. It took about 18 months So she was three when her numbers finally dropped. So it's only been a year. And it was concerning, but there are things that you can do. She didn't need any medication. She didn't need anything fancy. It was completely manageable. And this is something that I really want you to take home with you today. It is manageable. It's scary. It's very scary. Sometimes some of the things you have to do to appease the health department suck. They do. They suck. But that's life. So that is our story. As far as we're going to go for the moment, we're going to go into testing. There are two ways you can test for lead. The first is a finger prick test. Now the problem with a finger prick test, I know it's easy. I know it's way less stress on the kiddos, even though it's still stressful for them. But it is notoriously inaccurate. No matter how well they wipe off their finger because you've got fingerprints and areas for that stuff to hide you can come up with a false positive. So if you test positive on a finger prick, I would definitely recommend the second test. The second test is a venous draw. It's just a regular blood test. It sucks. I had to take Xandria in. I took her in at nine months. I took her in three months later. At 12 months, she had to be tested every two weeks after that until her numbers started to drop. So it was at least a month, a month and a half of every two weeks having her blood drawn. And then it was every month, and then it was every three, and then it was every six, and now we're back to every year. And it's stressful. It is very stressful. And here is something you definitely want to know now. When they draw blood, 
they cannot, I repeat, they cannot spin it down. If they spin it down, they cannot test it for lead. They will send it to the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic will reject it. You will be back in your doctor's office or back in the hospital because I have a phlebotomist at a hospital. I have a guy, he's the only guy I see because I have issues with blood tests. So we go to the hospital. But you will get a call from whoever you have your blood drawn from and they will tell you that they have to redo it because it was an invalid test. So if you have to become mama bear and you have to look at them and say, do not spin this blood down, do not feel bad. Because here's what happened. While we were going through the every two week phase, there was a point where we were there every week because they spun the blood down twice, which meant the tests were invalid. They had to be redone. After the hospital called me the second time, I told them that the next time that happened, I wanted the person who was spinning the blood down to have to stand in the room with what is basically a baby and watch them have their blood drawn because it is one of the most heartbreaking things you will ever see in your entire life. It is scary, it is heartbreaking, and there is no excuse for somebody to do their job wrong. It is a simple test. It is a whole blood test. So if they spin it to separate the red blood cells from the plasma, they cannot test it. And feel well within your rights to make sure that they know that. Now be nice. You don't have to be as aggressive as I was, but after the second time, I was angry. I was very angry because I was trusting this hospital with my daughter's blood work. Having my own done is one thing. Having my test results get messed up is one thing. I'm an adult and I know what's going on. It is completely different when it is a 12 or 14 month old that is going through this. It took Xandria over a year to be able to see anybody in a lab coat and not freak out. It was horrible. Now, I still use them. They apologized. They have taken care of us. We have never had another problem in my experience with this hospital. We have had no more problems at all. And every time they go in, they're like, oh, look, it's Xandria's mom. And I go, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. And they're all, they're super nice. The manager's super nice. They remember me. They're always careful. The manager takes the lead test back herself to make sure that they're done right now. Just a little mama bear. It's okay to be a little mama bear. It's all right. So let's talk about the solutions. There are some options when it comes to how to treat lead. Now, Xandria's lead levels were high, but they did not require medical intervention. Okay. What we had to do was increase her food with iron, with calcium, and with vitamin C. So you want to make sure that your kids are eating food that is high in iron. You want to increase their vitamin C if you can. And you want to make sure they get their fruits. These are all things we should do anyway. Putting them on a whole foods diet and keeping them off of processed food as much as possible would also help. Because then you know exactly what they're getting and they're not getting too much sugar. And we all know what happens when babies and toddlers get too much sugar and they run around. And then they get overtired. And then they scream. And then we have to deal with that. And it ends up with us with a bottle and a glass of wine in the bathroom with the door locked, taking a deep breath and reminding ourselves that we can do this. So whole foods diet. The iron helps eliminate the absorption of the lead into your system because what the lead does is it accumulates in the bones, it accumulates in your teeth. It replaces the calcium, 
which is why while you're lowering lead levels, you want to increase calcium. And just as a reminder, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on YouTube. I don't play one on a podcast. These are just what I was told by my local health department officials. Okay, this is what the caseworker told me. But always discuss things with your doctor. Always discuss them with your caseworker if you have one. And remember, your caseworker is a wealth of knowledge. They deal with this every day. Ask them questions. Make sure to do your own research, but ask them questions. Ask what you can do. Seem like an active parent. Because the more they think that you are doing, the easier they're going to be on you. Because it's scary and we don't want the government in our houses messing with what we're doing with our kids. Because it's scary. But if you seem like you are working as much as you can, then they're likely to not be on your back quite so much. I mean, I was on the first name basis with the lady, I believe her name was Heather. It's been a while. And she knew we were doing everything we can. I was asking her all kinds of questions. I was talking to her about what we could be giving Xandria, who was also breastfeeding at the time, what I could be eating to increase what she needed. As she was breastfeeding, she wasn't eating a lot yet. So that's important. The third is vitamin C. Vitamin C helps you absorb the iron. So those are the three you need to work on. Iron, calcium, vitamin C. It will take a while for the lead lumpers to go down. Why we were having the test so often was to make sure the lead levels wouldn't go up. The health department was clear with me. The lead levels would come down, but it takes a while for that to happen. It took us 18 months to get her back to normal, but it just became a part of our life and a part of something we were doing. And later in the year when we moved, we tested everything in this house to make sure that there wasn't any lead. You can buy lead strips at Home Depot or Lowe's or your local hardware store. You can test everything. You can probably get them on Amazon. If I can find them, I will post a link in the description for you. Or you can find it on our blog, which is 80smompodcast.com. The medical intervention for lead is called chelation. Now this comes with its own set of risks and in general, they don't generally recommend it unless your lead levels are above 45 parts per million. Now Xandria's were at 16 to 18, that's nowhere near 45. I believe we were told at 20 we would need to consider it, but they wanna hold off as long as possible. Again, if your doctor recommends it, do your own research, make your determinations, but remember you do have the health department to deal with. And in the end, we all want to do what is best for our kids. Nobody wants to harm their children on purpose. None of us want to do that. And we don't want to cause any more problems than necessary, but my understanding is you don't do chelation unless you absolutely have to. Okay. Let's say your kid has lead. You need to know where it's coming from. Places you can check in your house. You can check the outside of doors. You can check window seals and window wells. Check your bathrooms. Have your water tested. I would check the air filters because even if there was lead remediation in your house, if the ducts weren't clean, goodness only knows what's circulating around your house. Having your ducts clean is a good idea anyway. So I would start there. That is a good place to start. You could also run those strips over their toys if you're concerned. I had a little bit of concern, but it wasn't a lot. We don't tend to keep extremely cheap toys around the house. Just 
because I like to have things that will last through multiple kids, through multiple generations. It's just our mindset here. What you want to do is what we did. You want to think about what has changed in their environment. And if you have like a three-month window, that is amazingly wonderful because then you can narrow it down quite a bit to what has just gone on in that three-month window, which is how I am able to say in February, I opened the front door, she was playing there, that caused the problem. If you don't have a window because you haven't had them tested at nine months and 12 months, which apparently my relative did. So they have a window that has narrowed down the possibilities for when it happened. And I think that is amazingly helpful. If you don't have that, consider what rooms they're in, the surfaces they're touching, the toys they play with most. Think about what environments you're in. Are you around lead? Are they chewing on your shoes? Xandria was chewing on my husband's shoes. We think that probably didn't help. We don't think that it contributed to the jump that we saw, but it probably didn't help. So look into all of those things, test them. If you have the health department involved, have them test them because you want to know. Now, the scary thing about lead poisoning that we all know about is that it has health consequences. We did not have any health consequences with Xandria, so to speak. She is verbally delayed. I have a suspicion that was caused from the lead poisoning. I was told by her old GP in the same sentence, which is insane, that no level of lead is healthy and they don't know what any level will cause, but they didn't think that the lead poisoning caused the speech delay. In the same sentence, and I'm like, so you don't know what the lead poisoning could cause specifically, but you're saying absolutely not. I don't believe this. I deal with a four-year-old on a daily basis with a vocabulary of a two-year-old. She is emotionally mature and it's getting better. Quarantine has not helped. Being around other kids helps her a lot, but right now the world is what it is and we're just dealing with it. But I have a suspicion this is caused by the lead it happened in a point in time where she's going through a lot of development. She was also delayed in walking, which I think may have partially been caused by that, but she also had a problem with her hip. That was already starting to cause scoliosis, but we've also, that has also been fixed. So you can have that. They also say that it can lower IQ. Now, my belief is this is the higher it gets, the more impactful this is, it can cause behavioral issues. Again, I believe that's the higher the lead goes, the more problems it will cause. But they say that no level of lead is safe. They say normal is around five parts per million, but no level is necessarily safe. So how you handle where the lead is, is up to you. I'm happy at five because it took a long time to get back to that number. Would I like it lower? Sure, I'd take lower. But I'm not going to keep her from playing outside. I'm not going to stress out about everything in my house. I have anxiety. If I did that, I would be a puddle of mush and unable to function. So I choose the things in my life that are worth worrying about. And I think you should too. Is this something you should worry about? I think that's up to you. But I feel like her lead levels are safe for her with everything we have going on. So... Those are things that you could worry about. You could worry about how you're going to remediate the lead. Now, your health department may have certain loans or funds to help remediate the house. Our old house we rented, so we were not able to take any of those types of programs into consideration. It wasn't something our landlord was willing to do. 
Like I said, we were in the process of trying to find a home anyway, and we found this one. And I love this house, and we tested everything when we moved in. We took those swabs or strips, and we tested everything. The only thing my husband found was one lead pipe, and when we replaced all the plumbing, that pipe's now gone. It wasn't even an intake pipe. It was never going to touch any of the water any of us drank, assuming we drink tap water, which we don't. But that's a story for another time. What not to be worried about. Do not worry about every single small thing in your house, please. You'll drive yourself nuts. Especially, I do not recommend joining Facebook groups about lead poisoning. You are going to be inundated with people who check everything and everything has lead and everything will kill you. And it's too much. I have friends in those groups and that's fine. I've been in them. I did not find anything in them worth my increased anxiety over worrying about every dish, every bowl, every plate, every glass thing I owned. I don't think those are worth worrying about. If you're using depression wear, maybe, but most of us don't eat out of that. If you have it, don't let your kid chew on it. It's not that big of a deal, right? Don't worry about antique Tupperware, Pyrex, cast iron, anything like that. Don't go through your house and check every single thing to the point of hypochondria. Remember, you've got this. You know it's a problem. Now you have some ideas on how to fix it, okay? It's manageable. Take a deep breath. And remember, you've got this, Mama. With that, this is Ray with the 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us on social media. We are on MeWe both as a page and a group. That's 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us on Pinterest where I pin some cool homeschooling activities. I've got a whole lot of Halloween stuff going on. Since that's coming up and we're renting an Airbnb for a three-day weekend of junk food and Halloween movies. So I have all kinds of really cool stuff in there going on right now. I'm also on Parlor, And you can find my videos on YouTube and LBRY. That is Library. We are the same everywhere. 80S Mom Podcast. You can also find us there at 80SMomPodcast.com. There's not, not much there right now, but we are building it. And with that, have a great day.